Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here with another episode of the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And today we're talking about the healthiest coffee in the world. And I have as my guest, Andrew Salisbury, who is the CEO and founder of Purity Coffee. So Andrew, how did you happen to found the healthiest coffee in the world? I understand you were in a whole different business. Yeah, I mean, it really couldn't have been more different. Uh, I was in a, I started a software company in Latin America um, in uh, 96 and then uh, um, built it up and, and sold it eventually in 2011. But it was, you know, very big, complex sales to a few, a few large companies. And uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be more different than, uh, than bags of coffee. <laughs> but you have a personal story that, that you had once told me, and it was with, with regard to your beautiful wife, Amber, and her coffee drinking habit. So can you tell our listeners how you happen to become the owner and founder of Purity Coffee based upon Amber's health journey? Yeah, it was really just, um, it, it started because Amber was having some health issues and um, we really couldn't figure out what it was, but the, the end result was um, low energy. She was having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, just sort of, um, and one of the problems, uh, I think, like a lot of people, she she sort of self-medicated in, in the form of caffeine, that when she didn't have the energy, she was drinking lots of coffee. and. Um, I wasn't a big coffee drinker. I was, um, you can tell I'm English. My background has always been drinking tea. <laughs> tea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, uh, and, and um, I was actually researching it and I, and I fully expected to prove to her that she needed to, to cut down on her coffee habit. And I was researching and looking at the health benefits of coffee. And, and um, what I discovered was really just amazing, which is that um, despite what I thought, um, coffee is one of the healthiest things that you can drink if it's done properly. And so it sort of got me down this path as I started exploring the health benefits of coffee. Then if coffee is so healthy, what makes it healthy? You know, is there a way of maximizing it? And then finally, the question was, okay, I believe it. Coffee is incredibly good for you. Where can I buy the healthiest coffee? And, and nobody, nobody, the, the way it was explained to me is that, that no one was buying coffee based on health. So nobody was producing coffee based on health and so that's where um, we saw the opportunity and, and just felt strongly this was a you know a path that we wanted to go down you know it's so interesting because I've written 35 books and I've never been a big pro proponent of coffee until one of my researchers showed me all this new founded research about the health benefits of coffee with regard to the liver, the brain, the heart. Is that what kind of propelled you into a new direction as well? Really, it was, um, we, uh, I was lucky enough to meet two professors at the Institute of Coffee Studies in, in Vanderbilt. And um, the first thing that they told me was, was that, that coffee was the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet. And nobody know nobody still realizes that. Do you realize how important that that finding is? And that's Absolutely. a fact. That's a fact of life, and it's not promoted enough. And isn't that crazy? I mean, we you know we focus on things like you know good things. Our diet kale and blueberries and things that are high in antioxidants. <laughs> 
So true. That sort of thing. And the one thing that everybody does, or at least 164 million Americans do, is they'll get up tomorrow morning and drink a cup of coffee. And that was my first sort of uh, big moment was to understand that that the amount of antioxidants in coffee vary dramatically from um, harvest to harvest, the way that the, the coffee is processed, the way it's treated, and that one small part of attention to, uh, to the antioxidants in the coffee can make a pretty big difference. So I want to go back to your wife. So she was having some health issues with regard to energy, and she was expediting her coffee. She was increasing her coffee. Yeah. What did you learn about the quality of coffee that made such a difference with her? Well, the, the first thing, and I was introduced to one of the top professors in, uh, uh, in the world on, on coffee and health, um, Dr. Adriana Farrar. And the first thing she, she told me is, look, there's some really obvious things that, that you need to look for when looking for coffee. Um, mold is a real issue um, the, in coffee because there's, it's treated with water and lots of, and lots of different ways that it's processed. Um, mold was one issue, it needed to be tested to be free of mold. The second issue is that the coffee needed to be organic. Um, and that's, these are just sort of, I, I call them table stakes. They're the very basic bare minimum if you're looking for coffee and health. And one of the reasons why organic is so important is, is coffee is one of the most heavily treated crops um, in the world next to tobacco and cotton. And um, the problem is the amount of pesticides that have been used on coffee has been increasing exponentially over the last sort of 15 to 20 years and and the quality of the pesticides um meaning the sort of pesticides that are banned in the u.s like endosulfin and uh, glyphosate um are readily used on crops in latin america and on coffee crops so there was some basic there were some basic things like you know it needed to be uh, mold free it needed to be organic um, needed to be the highest grade of coffee and then we started getting into the subtleties of coffee which is how do you recommend how, how do you understand which coffee has the highest antioxidants and that came to lab testing and then it eventually came to the way that we roast the coffee because you can do lots of things in the roasting of coffee to uh, to, to minimize the antioxidants in the coffee and lose a lot of the potential value so um, roasting became a really important thing and, and then finally freshness you know unfortunately most people are drinking stale coffee um, you know if, if you're not buying coffee that's, that's been roasted in the in the last 15 days mm. you're getting coffee that that's stale unfortunately and you're losing a lot of the antioxidants in the coffee just because of that reason so where would one find the healthiest coffee i mean is there one particular country that is known for their healthiest for the healthiest coffee in terms of the antioxidant level the polyphenols the chlorogenic acid so that's that's such a good question. That's the, I mean, that is the exact question that I asked um, Adriana, Dr. Adriana Farrar, when um, when I started looking at this, saying, okay, you know, there's a shortcut to this, which is I agree that coffee is great for health. What should I look for in a coffee to buy for my wife? And they could give me a shopping list of things and prioritize those things that I should look for but they couldn't tell me one company that was doing it. So in the shopping list of things, you know, it, it needs to be organic, it needs to be tested for mold, it needs to be specially grade, it needs to be roasted more or less to a medium roast, um, it needs to be delivered fresh. But even doing all of those things, unless you're lab testing the coffee when it's in its green bean before it's roasted, 
you won't know the level of antioxidants you have as a starting point, your polyphenols. So there was no way around that. We initially thought, you know, we're going to find this magical farm somewhere that has the highest uh, mm-hmm. antioxidant coffee and we'll buy up all the coffee we possibly can from that farm and that will be our farm. And then what we realized is that that, that so many factors play into the antioxidants of coffee that you can't pick a farm. You have to pick a farming practice and, uh, and standards. So standards became the sort of litmus test that, of how we select coffee, not, uh, not any one location. It can vary from season to season and crop to crop. So do you select your coffee from all around the world, not just the United States? We do. Um, so, so, um, ostensibly our coffee has been from central and south america and and the only reason for that is is we've tested coffee from all over the world but the 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 lowest levels of mold in our experience um uh, have come from um central and south america and that may well be because of shorter shipping times and better processing um and uh, but yeah we, we we basically were driven by the lab to tell us which is the highest coffee in its green bean and antioxidants Although I will tell you just recently, we've learned some really, really cool, interesting things that we've started to focus on, and that is regenerative farming. So, you know, the closer the, the, the coffee is produced in this natural environment, the better the soil is, and the better the soil is, the, uh, the more likely you're going to have a very high antioxidant coffee. But there's no one single thing. So your wife changed her source of coffee. She was still a coffee drinker, I assume. That's right. But you were able to change the source of coffee and her, and her symptoms disappeared, would you say? Yeah, and I, and I, wouldn't, I always have to be careful about this. I don't want to be seen as the person. I don't want to be creating this sort of panacea. This was the silver bullet and, uh, and, and, and her, all her problems were solved because we did a lot of different things. We, you know, we had the house remediated from mold and changed her diet and supplements. And, and just there was a variety of things we, we did. But I can tell you that uh, the coffee she was drinking definitely contributed to um, her mold sensitivities and um, through a series of things we did, she, she, she got better quickly. And so that's, that's the good thing. But I would say that of all the things that most people can do, just paying attention to your choice in coffee is a pretty easy one. So for, one per, for a person like me who has never been a major coffee drinker, and it's because of the caffeine, yeah. do you offer, and I, I know the answer to this, but I want my listeners to know just as well, do you offer a decaffeinated coffee, and is there any difference in the nutritional value of a decaf purity coffee? Um, we do offer decaf. It took us about a year and a half to get to finally come down um, with a decaf for the simple reason that we were evaluating the different ways to decaffeinate uh, coffee to make sure that the, none of the antioxidants were leached in the process. So there's four ways to decaffeinate coffee and really only one is the, you know, uh, the Swiss water method is the one that we use and that maintains the antioxidant level in the coffee and removes the majority of the uh, the, the and so, you know, you get all the antioxidants, but you don't have to deal with, uh, with the jitters and the caffeine. And how old should, one per- should a person be mm-hmm. when, he, when he starts to drink coffee? In other words, is this something good for a teenager, would you suggest? And do you, are you concerned about the caffeine? So this is my, you know, my personal opinion is that, that, um, that you know, we're okay about giving our children ADHD medicine and, uh, uh, and, and, and caffeine is a really 
easy first step, I think, before you'd want to take that route. So on our personal- well, That's an interesting perspective. Very interesting. I mean, you know, it's natural, it's organic. It's, yes. It's good for you and it's not legalized amphetamine and, and um, you know, and it's, and, and, and my, in my personal uh, opinion, I would prefer to give my, my daughter who's 13, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning with some almond milk than give her, you know, um, sort of uh, ADHD medicine. Very interesting. Now, in the health field, as I'm sure you're aware, coffee is used in various and sundry ways. And it's most popularly used these days, not just to be taken through the oral cavity, but as a coffee enema. Do you have any suggestions in that regard? Are you going to come out with something special for that use? <laughs> we, so anecdotally, we know that, uh, that, that we have a following uh, with people who, who, who use um, our coffee for, for enemas, which actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. I mean, you're still, as you say, ingesting it, you're putting it in your body. Why would you want to put into your body something um, that, that either has mold or pesticide residue or has toxins attached to it? So um, I think quality of the coffee you use for any of those purposes is, is really important. We played around with the idea of, of doing something in terms of, of, of just a, um, an enema coffee for that reason, because one of the things that's super interesting that we can do is we can actually dial up some of the compounds in the roast that would be particularly good for gut health that may not be, may not be good if you were uh, drinking the coffee for taste. So, so we actually have a little bit more flexibility and we, we even came up with a tagline, which um, if anyone wants to do an enema coffee, they should give me a call, but it's, uh, it, it's purely coffee. We're behind the movements. <laughs> <laughs> we'll quote you on that. We'll give you the byline. It's very cute because that's becoming so, so very popular. And I, I shudder to think what people are putting in their that's bodies right. when they're not using the proper coffee that's mold-free and uh, pesticide-free and 100% organic. That's right. That's what we think as well. That's so great. how much coffee should one drink a day is the, is the next question. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, I mean, uh, um, Sanji Chopra is on, on our advisory board and he's the last dean of admissions at Harvard uh, uh, Med School. And he, he, but he's a, a liver surgeon and he's mm. so passionate about the health benefits of coffee because he says that, you know, in 35 years as a liver surgeon, he's ne never seen anyone with end stage liver disease who's a frequent three to five cup of co uh, day coffee drinker. And what, what aspect of the coffee do you think he attributes that to? I think it's the, uh, you know, like us, he believes in uh, the polyphenols and the antioxidants. That's what I would think as well. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. But, but one thing he says, the funny thing is, he says that doctors approach him all the time and, and thank him for his, his, uh, his talks on coffee and health. And he's coming out with a book about that. But, but they say, you know, but like anything, all things in moderation. And his, his response is, it's actually not true of coffee. In other words, um, the benefits of coffee seem to be dose dependent, meaning the more you drink, the more the benefits. There's mm. only one caveat to that, which is your sensitivity to caffeine. Yes. But, but if, you can, if you are a fast metabolizer of caffeine like I am and you can drink a lot of coffee, it really the more the better. And, the same, and, and, and if you um, mix your coffee with, with, uh, with decaf coffee, like a half-calf, it's just very good for you all around. So you know, trust your body, you know, pay attention to how you feel. But it is one of these things where there really isn't a magic number. They, they found that the more people drink coffee, the, the, the more the benefits seem to, uh, 
you know, seem to be there. So what is the most interesting health research that you've stumbled across with regard to coffee? I mean, I know that it improves athletic athletic yeah. improvement. It, it improves the brain. It certainly is protective against liver cancer and so forth. But what has truly blown your, your mind, so to speak, with regard to coffee? Because I know this surprised you most of all. Yeah, um, I think probably the the biggest sort of surprise for me was the prevention of type 2 diabetes. There's a, there's a, a, a nurse's study. It's, it was um, 1,109,000 people followed over, I think it was about 23, 24 years um, in this particular case. And this study showed that for every cup of coffee from the baseline that you drink, so if you drink one cup and then you move to two cups, you have an 8% lower chance of ever developing type 2 diabetes up to around a 45% lower chance of developing type 2 diabetes in coffee drinkers who are drinking four to five cups of coffee a day. And the reason why that sort of blew me away is, one, it's so well supported. I mean, these aren't small studies. There's umbrella studies by the British Medical Journal that are just literally hundreds of studies that, do, that, that report the same sort of findings. But the second thing is the impact. I mean, if you can find something that people are doing every single day and you've got you know, 24, 25 million Americans with diabetes today, but 81 million plus Americans who are pre-diabetic and a third of healthcare dollars going towards diabetes. It's pretty exciting to think that something that is as close to you as coffee could really be, be one of the tools in your arsenal to improve your overall health with a problem which is so huge. So you know, pre prevalent, so prevalent worldwide. Do you think it matters whether it's caffeinated or decaf? Um, it's, the studies have been done on that, and, it's, it, and it, it, it has no difference whether it's decaffeinated or caffeinated coffee, which is, which is another thing which is really interesting because it shows, and again, this is another study by the British Medical Journal, um, what that really is telling us is the fact that, that caffeine is not the cause of the health benefits. Not that we ever thought it really was. I mean, we didn't think that you know, drinking energy drinkers can have the same benefits of coffee, but we're starting to, to really pin down the, the, the properties inside of coffee, outside of caffeine that are having the health benefits. And when it comes to type two diabetes, it, uh, it has no impact whatsoever if it's decaffeinated or caffeinated. What about liver disease and cancer? What can you tell my audience? Liver disease and the liver disease, if there's one thing that, if there was one message that I would wanna get, uh, get across for people is that the, the, the healthiest thing you can do in terms of um, uh, non-therapeutics in, in terms of just sort of lifestyle choices for your liver, it's drinking, drinking coffee. But in the case of coffee, it is a uh, case of uh, liver, it is caffeinated. Um, they're having better results with caffeinated coffee with liver for some reason. Than, Fascinating. Uh, caffeinated. So that if we do a coffee enema, which is so important for the liver to dump bile, it should yep. be caffeinated coffee that goes yep. up up that route. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Um, heart disease, heart disease. Can we touch upon that? I've got all kinds of questions. I, I think this is, and this goes to your, your point about the biggest sort of surprises. One of the first thing that happened as I started researching, and there's over 19,000 studies that have been done on coffee and health. So it's an incredibly well-researched food. The, the really interesting thing is the health benefits are so pervasive in terms of really all over your body. So heart disease, uh, liver disease, prevention of type two diabetes, six forms of cancer, 
I mean, it's even been shown to have health benefits with things like gout. I mean, it's, and, and so one of the biggest surprises I had is, well, how could you have one thing that seems to have such an overall health benefits? And that all goes back to the antioxidants in, in the coffee. So um, it's an anti-inflammatory. It reduces inflammation and, you know, obviously heart disease. That's one of the, one of the problems with heart disease is plaque buildup through inflammation. And, uh, and, and coffee seems to have a, a substantial benefit to that. Isn't there a huge connection with prevention of Alzheimer's as well? Alzheimer's dementia, yeah, it's um, uh, it's uh, it, it, it was the reason we came out with a dark roasted coffee. So our focus is every decision based on health. We weren't going to compromise, um, and, and uh, we only had one coffee, and that was the coffee that was highest in antioxidants. But what we started to realize uh, through reading these these new studies that have been coming out over the last two to three years is Chlorogenic acids are the antioxidants in coffee, but there's a thing called chlorogenic lactones that come from chlorogenic acids. And so you can only get chlorogenic lactones from a darker roast coffee. So while for overall health, the original roast or light roast is better for, for antioxidants, when it comes to blood-brain barrier, which is, uh, which is the, 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 the benefits of uh, chlorogenic lactones, it does two things. Chlorogenic lactones does two things, gut health and also blood-brain barrier. There's just been some really interesting studies to show um, uh, how, uh, uh, how beneficial darker rose coffee is for Alzheimer's and dementia. Fascinating. And I also noticed that there's some new research with regard to Parkinson's. Yeah, and I, that's, that is the one area that, as I've looked at it, it seems to be closely, more closely linked to caffeine than the other properties in coffee. That's the only, that's the only health benefit I can think of where it seems like caffeine is the, the big mechanistic explanation for why, um, why, uh, why coffee helps with Parkinson's. So I'm not, I'm not familiar with any studies outside of um, caffeine-related studies with Parkinson's that, uh, that explain why it helps with Parkinson's. And how about longevity? You know, I just finished a book called Radical Longevity, and we're including Purity Coffee as one of our energy-blasting longevity breakfasts in the morning again because my radical metabolism was so very popular using your Purity Coffee as one of the ingredients. But is there any real research with longevity and length of life for coffee drinkers? Yeah, that this the the study in twenty eighteen, I think it is the, the the British Medical Journal study was an umbrella study of about two hundred and twenty different studies on the health benefits of coffee. So there, there was diabetes studies and liver studies and heart disease studies. But what was really interesting is when they put all these studies together, they found an overall impact in longevity, and the sweet spot seemed to be around three to four cups. You'd, you'd see a slightly diminishing return after four cups, but it was still better to drink four cups or five cups. But the, the longevity was that, that in the 10-year period measured, you were 12%, 12 less likely to die in that period if you were a three to four cup a day coffee drinker. It's so fascinating. Isn't so fascinating that? to hear this because it, it runs uh, counter to what we used to think was nutritional gospel. Yeah. So I, I find this fascinating. And I've done, a, I guess, a 180 complete turnaround myself. Are you the only organic mold-free coffee on the market these days? 
I think there's a, I think there's a few companies doing it, and hopefully there'll be more companies um, doing this. Um, I think we're hopefully starting um, uh, awareness about how important this is for for people who are drinking coffee for health. But I would say though, I mean. Organic and mold-free, they're absolutely table stakes. You, if you're drinking, if you're health, having health concerns or you want to uh, drink coffee for longevity, that should be a bare minimum. But you should be looking at other things as well, which is, you know, asking, asking every coffee company or coffee company that you, you choose, you know, their lab results for mold and toxins, their antioxidant level in the coffee, because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. We, one, one organic coffee that we tested from a very well-known uh, brand, we were 10 times higher in mm. CPA. So, you know, you'd have to drink 40 cups of coffee to our four in order to get the same level of antioxidants. So the antioxidant conversation is important as well. I, I tell you what I, I hope. I really hope that this becomes more of a trend where, where consumers are asking coffee companies um, to do the work when it comes to keeping their coffee safe and mold free and organic and also testing for antioxidants. And the, the, there's a driver in there where people are selecting coffee based on health, because I think it's one of these easy adjustments that could be made, you know, for overall health and longevity. And uh, it'll only happen when the consumers start demanding it. So, you know, hopefully there'll be... How true that is. Yeah. You know, many people put... Uh, coconut oil in their coffee. Does that affect the nutritional value in your research? It was sort of a why in the road for us. We know that we, in the early stages, a lot of people had approached us about, you know, ways that we could add things to coffee. And, and the, the fork in the road for us is that we wanted to focus 100% on the health benefits of coffee, producing the, the most, the best quality coffee for health that we could. And we would let consumers add whatever they wanted to add. Obviously, we'd let consumers, but 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 we wouldn't get into the business of, of trying to add anything uh, to the coffee ourselves. So we have, we have, Customers who you know put butter and MCT and coconut oil and and uh, and, and and other things in their coffee. <laughs> you know, um, we just what, what we're trying to do is we uh, uh, be a purist. We want to focus just on the very best coffee that we can find and develop and you know make. So you have you've got your your coffee, your signature product. You've got decaffeinated coffee. Is there anything else coming down the pike? Well, the big thing that we've launched with, uh, one of the sort of compromises we had is, is uh, over K-cups. Um, so the compromise in the, the, that we were dealing with is our mission is better health through coffee. Um, and we realized that about 40% of the at-home market were using coffee, were drinking coffee from K-cups. We just all know how bad it is for the environment. And it just, and, and the difficult decision for us was going in that direction we finally made that decision because we felt like if our mission is better health through coffee, then we've got to offer a delivery system that 40% uh, of the market uses. That, but we've been struggling with it. And over the about four months ago, we launched a new product, which is um, our coffee in a tea bag. And so it's called Pocket Purity. It's nitrogen flush, so it's it, the coffee remains fresh. And you just treat it like a tea bag. It's like a pour over. But the nice thing is it's completely biodegradable and, uh, you know, not bad for the environment, but also better for your, for your health. Very clever. How has the business grown over the years? How long have you been in business, Andrew? 
we sold our first bag of coffee in February 2017. So, you know, three and a half years, nearly coming on to, to, to four years this, this February, but about two years in research and development. It's, it's really, I'm really happy how well it's been received. I didn't know whether this, there was a basic, had a basic feeling that there would be people like me who are health conscious first and happen to be coffee drinkers. And so they would gravitate to purity. And what I've seen is that, that, that anecdotally, we've had just so many great um, testimonials from people and happy customers. Um, it's really grown very quickly and all through word of mouth. I mean, it's only just recently we've started um, doing any marketing and we, um, you know, we, we grow 10 or 15, 10, 10, 10 to 12% a month is our growth rate now. Just by, just by word of mouth, which is the best way to grow. Now, when you, when you initially, and we're about going to conclude very shortly, but I'm so interested in knowing more about the Vanderbilt University's Institute of Coffee Studies. Yes. So how long has that been in, in existence? Who knew there was a coffee university? Well, it was actually, um, so I, I'm trying to think who gave us the recommendation. It's not a coffee university, it's a department inside of Vanderbilt. But um, I think it was... Well, I know John Butcher was, who's my partner in this business, is the one who initially told me about it, and I think it's through um, a relationship he had with Vanderbilt. But, but they're they're a relatively small department, but they're so um, focused, obviously, on on the environmental in, impact of coffee and the the personal impact of coffee and health impact of coffee that we were very lucky to find found them. What did you learn from them? If you were to itemize the top five things you've learned from them, what would that be? Well, I would say it's a combination between um, Vanderbilt and also a University of Brazil in Rio with Ad Adriana Farrar. But I would say that the first step was to, to really have validated that coffee is good for you. There still has been a disconnect for me, and there still is a disconnect. I don't understand why it's more, not more general knowledge. I mean, why more yes. people are aware. You know, I mean, we're aware of all these other things that are good for us, and, and, and people pay attention to it. And it just seems strange to me that you know, something we drink every day uh, doesn't have that same sort of awareness. So that would be number one, um, the general health benefits of coffee in all of the, the, the areas. And then I would say specifically when we got to the University of Brazil, all the different things that you could do that would impact the health benefit that nobody was paying attention to. I mean, I can tell you just everything from the, from the bag. I mean, you can pick any one, uh, one thing about our coffee and I can tell you, you know, all of the reasons why that is the healthiest choice. And it's just a very deep subject. I mean, even, even things like specialty grade coffee, you know, just the quality of the coffee, what impact that has on health. It's just, it's just tremendous. So I'd never realized the subject was as, uh, as deep as it was. So most consumers are really not aware about what, what science knows about coffee. Is that a fair comment to make? Absolutely. And most consumers don't know what they should ask for if they care about a coffee for health. Well, and, and tell us again, just in closing, what should a consumer ask? Well, this is what I would ask for. If, I, it was just, if, if my wife was traveling and, and I wanted to make sure that she had a great coffee for health, I would ask her to go to, go to a, um, a specialty coffee shop, a roaster, where they roast the coffee fresh. So you know that you know, it's, you've got fresh coffee. I would ask for organic coffee. 
it would need to be the highest grade of coffee and specifically that's called specialty grade. The very highest grade of coffee has the least defect, defects in the coffee. Then I would ask for a medium roast um, because that's likely to be the range where you've got the most antioxidants. A low roast, um, uh, sort of a lighter roast has a higher level of acrylamide, which is bad for you. And a darker roast has a um, thing called PAHs, which you get from any burnt food. And that's also a, a, a carcinogenic. So you want a sort of middle of the road, you want a medium roast, and you want to make sure the coffee is fresh. And there'll be some things that you won't be able to ask for. They, it won't have been tested for mold. It, it, they won't know the antioxidant content of the coffee, but you'll get a good solid coffee if you can find those basic things. Excellent. How much coffee do you drink currently, Andrew? I think I, mean, <laughs> I, I we 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 brew a pot uh, twelve cups in the morning uh, between my wife and I. That's always gone by midday. So I think I'd probably be six or seven. I would I probably drink a little bit more than she does. So oh I say, oh my gosh! And this is caffeinated coffee, regular coffee, because you're a fast metabolizer. <laughs> It is. It is. Yeah. It's, I'd, be, uh, I'd be through the roof. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I built it up over time, but you know, it's, it's, I really don't, I, I know it's good for me. And so it's, um, you know, I, 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 I like my cup of coffee in the morning. Very lovely. So, so is there any, are there any new plans in the next five year period, would you say for your company that we should be aware of and look out for? Lots. Um, you know, the, the big thing is this: we, we wanted to um, we wanted to understand if if this was um, th there was a demand for coffee for health, and th there obviously is, and consumers um, care about it. But I look at this and say we're really on the first rung of the ladder. We've done things that are different than any other coffee company, uh, but there's even more to be done. So what we're doing now is we've started working directly with the farms and we've improved systems and processes at the farms and technology on the farms as it relates to soil conditions. So what we're doing is we're experimenting with regenerative farming, improving the soil conditions, all of our coffee already is farmed organically in hand-picked, hand-selected, bird-friendly. In other words, the coffee is grown in, in its natural surroundings uh, rather than industrial farming. But what we're really digging deep into is the concept of regenerative farming, improving the soil conditions to improve the antioxidants in the coffee, because ultimately it comes down to that. The, the better quality of the soil, the more nutrients the soil has, the more nutrients the coffee has, and our starting product is so much better before we go to roast. So that's where we're digging in pretty deep now. I applaud you. So this is really farm to table, literally. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 we are making every decision we can without compromise for health. We don't, we don't pay attention to cost and we don't pay attention even to flavor. The great news is the end result is, you know, when you get an organic specialty grade coffee that's roasted really well, it's going to taste great, but, but we're trying to take the guesswork out of coffee for health. Wonderful. I want to thank you so much for being my guest today, Andrew. Thank you so much. And kind regards to your wife who started this whole process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Th thanks a lot. And it was great, uh, great chatting again. I want to thank everybody for joining me on this episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I especially want to acknowledge my 
sponsor Unikey Health Systems, for whom I've been a product spokesperson and brand ambassador for nearly 30 years. They are the best supplements on the planet for detox, healthy aging, as well as men's health and women's health. So have a beautiful rest of your week, my dear friends. See you soon and be well. Thank you.